Hello and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. On today's podcast, me and the Work To Be Well National Student Advisory Council members are going to discuss how to handle holiday stress and get ahead of the anxiety that it causes. Because I don't know about you, I have enough holiday stress coming up and let's just get it out on the table and talk about it. But as a reminder, I want to remind everybody that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Even though I am a licensed psychologist, I am not your psychologist today. So let's get us started by having each of you introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, and okay, why does holiday stress matter to you? So I can pop in first. My name is Charlie. I'm from Connecticut. I'm really excited to be with you all. I'm obviously a National Student Advisory Council member. Um, I'm a high school senior. And as a high school senior, um, I'm not exactly rolling in the dough. I'm a little bit broke. So I think for me, the biggest part of holiday stress is thinking about all these gifts that I want to buy because I'm a big gift giver and thinking, how am I going to pay for my gas and car insurance and still get all of these gifts? That's so true. That's so true. Hi, everyone. My name is Anjali, and I'm from Pennsylvania. And this topic resonated with me because I know a lot of times the holiday season is something that everyone is super hyper happy about and extra uh, holiday spirity. And it's not like that for everyone. So just like keeping in mind that with like the holiday cheer, uh, to prioritize mental health and like check in on your friends because they might be struggling. Hey guys, my name's Addison and I'm from Washington. This is my first Talk Really Well podcast. I'm really excited to be here and talk with you guys. And something that's really um, um, provides a lot of stress for me during the holidays is I have a really big family. And sometimes it's like nice to see everyone, but when you like see everyone all at once, it can be really overstimulating. And some people can ask some like more invasive questions. And so that's something that really like hits home for me with holidays. It's like, I'm happy to see you, but it's like, oh, you're like, you're like asking me all these kind of questions. Like, I don't really know the answers to, so yeah. Oh, Addison, that is so true. I mean, people come in and they're, it's, it's like, I only see you once a year. So I'm gonna ask your deepest, darkest secret right now. And who are you dating? How's that going for you? Whatever it is, if it can be uncomfortable, trust me, everybody's got that relative that will ask the uncomfortable question. Those are some of my worst holiday stressors are the, uncomfortable question that you just don't want to answer. What are what are some other examples of holiday stressors? And Charlie, I agree. That whole pressure to buy the perfect gift, ooh, ooh that's, a, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, just like there are so many stressors. There's so much like overstimulation going around at all times. For me, there's a big pressure to like keep up with traditions and make new traditions. Like if my friends want to go ice skating, I'm like, oh, we have to go ice skating because this is like the one month a year where it's socially appropriate to go ice skating for no reason. So um, that's a big thing for me, just like kind of the social element and trying to cram all of this stuff into like a month because that's when it's the most jolly. I totally agree with that. I feel like there's such expectation to do like the certain amount of activities such as ice skating or like um, doing the certain, like going Christmas lights. It's like, there's so much happening in the month of December. It's only 25 days until like Christmas and especially 
I feel like for me during my school, we have a lot of finals and like semester finals and stuff going on. It's just so much like stress evolving around that. And it's all the unnecessary judgment for listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. It's uncalled for. I can listen to Christmas music whenever I want. I second that. Um, I think for me, like I've noticed there's a lot of holiday stress within like uh, well, where I live, so I live in Pennsylvania, but all of my family lives on the mid in the Midwest. So I'm the only, like, we don't have family around here. So there's a long time where they'd come here every holiday season. Um, but now with like my grandparents and stuff getting older and like experiencing different like sicknesses and things like that doesn't happen anymore. So it's completely changed how our holiday season kind of works. So it's a lot of like opening presents through FaceTime and singing songs like over the phone and sending the perfect like cards and things. So I know that can be kind of stressful because it's like you want to get back to that normal sense of normalcy, but like it probably won't happen again. Yeah, no, that's so that's that's like really relatable. I mean, as someone like who's you know, approaching adulthood. I'm a year away from being an adult. Ah, but um, there's just, I feel like I'm stuck in this like little in between, between my Christmases and holidays that I recall from when I was like a child. And now these, this like new world that I'm entering into where pretty soon it's going to be like, that's the only time when I'm home from college to see my family and things like that. And I mean, Mike, for me, my grandparents always host Thanksgiving. So that's my example, but just like seeing it year by year get harder and harder for my grandparents to host Thanksgiving and for people to stay out longer and just like having that benchmark for, oh, my family is aging um, is kind of upsetting and scary sometimes. That's such a good point because how, how traditions transform over time, how you develop your own traditions as you grow into adulthood, all those things are, are really interesting and, and how you manage the distance I can't, I can't imagine, Anjali, I, I can't imagine FaceTime carols with my family. There's no planet on which that would happen for me. Not a move, not a move. That just triggered me like at an absurd level. So I'm wondering, are there things that happen in the holidays that are uncomfortable, triggering, that, that you're just like, okay, I am not a pumpkin spice latte person. I am waiting for my mint mocha. What is it? That has got to be all, like Addison said, all of the uncomfortable questions. Don't, I don't like those. I no, I don't have a boyfriend. I don't know why 30 people have asked me. You, yes. It's really none of your business anyway. <laughs> like I can't have, I can't keep having this conversation over and over again. <laughs> That's like my life around the holiday season. That really irks me. And the having to give hugs to my relatives just because they're my relatives. If I don't want to give you a hug, I don't want to give you a hug. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and especially I feel like for me, a big thing for Filipino culture is about like weight and looks and every time like if I gain five pounds, if I lost five pounds, I'll always have someone asking me like, oh, did you lose weight? Oh, did you gain weight? Oh, what are you going to do after college? Oh, do you have a boyfriend yet? All this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like every year I just have to like mentally prepare myself for all this stuff. Be like, I like, like, like put a put a smile on. It's like, oh yeah, no, no boyfriend. Uh, just like try when to, like, your parents give you the warning look and you know that you're you're crossing your boundary a little bit with your family when they give you that little side eye. Yeah, or the little like like snap fingers at you and they're just kind of like looking at you and you're trying to converse with your family. 
I I completely feel that. I think there's a lot of pressure for like the season to be perfect and everything to go how people plan. And so I feel like that creates a lot of tension, at least within my family. Like we've definitely had like pretty big like arguments and stuff like during the holidays. And it's not something that anybody wants to happen, but it kind of just happens because everyone's kind of high strung the one grandparent or family member who has to bring up politics at the dinner table, no matter how poorly it ended the last time, just time and time again, they keep on going. Oh yeah. I, I, I have those relatives who just have those political conversations and we're coming into it. The gold mine is going to start up again. Uh, you know, we have to have those conversations about how do you change the conversation at the dinner table when somebody brings up the politics no one wants to talk about? That's a that's a great episode of of conversation about how we figure out how you maneuver out of those situations. It's kind of like dodging a hug, right? It's kind of like dodging that hug from the relative you you have no interest in hugging and you haven't seen since last year. See, that's how the part you where you actually bring up your relationship status. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, you're great. <laughs> So how do you, what's your favorite tactics for handling those relatives who are just a little bit too much? I feel like sometimes when they ask about my career, I just kind of give them what they want to hear. I'm like, oh, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. Just to like, so I don't have to like, because I don't, not 100%. Um, do sometimes. So I remember when I was younger, like I remember when I was like 10, I'd be like, I want to be a doctor one day. And they're like, wow, good for you. And I'm like, yeah, just like, I don't really want to be a doctor. I kind of just, <laughs> just put it out there so I don't have to like talk about it and go in depth about my future plans because thinking about too much kind of stresses me out a little bit for me i like to just face it head on if they bring it up i'll just say i don't think anyone wants to talk about this so let's change the subject now because honestly uh, i have one aunt who always brings up politics and she always ends up crying and sometimes <laughs> it's best to just shut it down early and honestly i think I'm a big believer in like just being very open about what you're feeling in any moment. So like at the dinner table, everyone is thinking the same thing. Everyone, regardless of what your status is, is thinking, I don't want to be having this conversation. So sometimes I think that we should just say that. I am thankful that that doesn't really happen because my family lives so far away. So <laughs> I get to dodge that bullet, but when I visit them in the summer, I sometimes have like those conversations, but usually it's like, how's life? And it's like, I haven't seen you in like two or three years. Like, where do I even begin with a question like that? Oh, that's just, that's one of the best parts. You know, one of my things that I look forward to, well, actually don't look forward to, is there a food item that your family always prepares that you either are really looking forward to or you completely dread that always shows up on the table. In my family, there's this thing called, and this is really what it's called. It's called aspic. And aspic is a tomato jello. It can be a, a meat jello or something else, but it's a tomato jello. And in my family, they make it with peas and um, celery and onions, and they serve it with mayonnaise. And I, I, I cannot tell you, uh, how much I appreciate the fact that no one knows how to make that anymore because it was the most dreaded dish. But I'm wondering if there are things that, that you look forward to in your family traditions that are food items you either love or you're never going to pull that forward when you have your own family. 
Oh my gosh, I heard mayonnaise and I just like cringed. I do not like mayonnaise. I'll put that out there right now. Um, I'm really lucky because my dad worked in kitchens like his whole um, life when he was growing up. So he knows how to make a mean pretty much anything. So at Thanksgiving, we make this like cranberry relish in lieu of the traditional cranberry sauce. And it's not what you think it is. It's like you get your cranberries and you get your um, like apples and oranges and you kind of grind it all together. So delicious. Um, and we always make this like big rib roast too for Christmas that I love every single year. So I'm pretty lucky that at least the food isn't a concern for me. Yeah, um, kind of similar. My dad always makes this Filipino dish called kare kare. And it's just like a big um, peanut butter soup. And it's like my favorite thing. There's like bok choy and oxtail in it. My favorite thing ever. He makes this huge pot because it's everyone's favorite too. So I have this uncle who just like, eats the cut of cut and takes a nap. Like he doesn't even like celebrate Christmas. He goes for the food and out for the rest of the night. It's like, it's like valid for him, but it's like, okay. Like, but that's like my favorite. Like every single time I've cut a cut it, I remind you of like Christmas time and like that kind of like jolly spirit. So it's a good one. Charlie, there's no way. I was about to say the exact same thing. Like every Thanksgiving I make like citrus cranberry sauce and it's so good. Um, so that's what I always think of. And then See, you know what's up. Yeah, I do. We're, we're twins. Um, but also, like, when I was little, my grandparents used to send us in the mail a box of Christmas cookies, like the sugar cookies with the, like, in shapes of, like, bells and, like, candy canes and stuff. And that's, like, one of my, like, best childhood memories. I, I tell you, I'm going to Addison's house for Christmas because that sounds amazing. I, I You had me a peanut butter stew and I'm in and uh, you're not that far away. I can make it. <laughs> it's all good. Well, you know, Charlie, you brought up early on about the financial strain and the pressure of buying gifts. What are some things that you've all done that help take some of that financial stress off that you might have as pointers and tips for other people? Homemade cards are a game changer. If you throw a homemade card together, because I don't know about you guys, but I am absolutely floored every time I walk through the card aisle, because why am I spending like $5 per greeting card? And by making homemade cards, you just have such a nice, like personal touch, and you really can't go wrong. I think that, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I would much rather have someone just like write me a card with some really nice words that are genuine about how they feel then um, have someone like buy me an expensive gift. So that that's worked for me. Yeah, I, I was a DIY or like do it yourself YouTube kid. So I um, always like hand make my gifts because I usually don't get time to like do artsy or crafty things. But like when I say, oh, this is gonna be productive, like I'll make it a gift. It, like it's like a way I can still do those things. So I love doing that instead of like paying for really expensive things. I love that. I also think it's, it's a great idea. And I did this one year in my Christmas cards. I put a favorite recipe in with my Christmas cards and people started like posting photos. They made the soup that I had put in my Christmas card and they would post photos on their social media. Um, and that was just a really great way to give people something that, that meant something to me. I, I really love that. I think that's amazing. So you're getting ready to have some time off of school soon for winter break. How do you handle that time when you also know that you've got 
homework, you've got projects, you've got other stuff. It's exciting. But how do you manage now all of a sudden as we start to go into this first thing on the day is going to be Thanksgiving break. How are you going to manage keeping getting ready for all the things ahead? For me, it's really important to just like give myself some time off right at the beginning. For I mean, I know that there are a lot of kids like me who it's like giving myself a break makes me uncomfortable. But I find that when I don't allow myself a break and when I don't just say to myself, okay, this is some time when there's no expectation on you to be productive, then that's not a break well spent. That's a break where I'm not doing anything, but I'm stressing the entire time about how I'm not doing anything. So I don't come out feeling refreshed. I don't feel come out feeling ready to do some more. So just like being conscious and really making an effort to give yourself time to not worry about anything is a really big thing for me because that allows me to kind of deal with all those extra com commitments when I'm ready to get back to work. Yeah, like something for me, or like during that time, I have, I have the exact same thing. Like if I have too much break time at the first certain amount of time, I feel like I'm wasting or I'm not like really enjoying it as much as I should be. And something that I do is like I like to make plans like with people that I love, like incorporate some family time and some like time with friends. I feel like that kind of distracts me in a way. I guess not to like, not to like not do my duties and not to do the stuff I have to do, but like have a take that break for myself where I feel productive by spending the time with people that I enjoy being around. Um, I was also going to say I completely resonate with that because I think with such a big chunk of free time, it's hard to say like your mind kind of wants to map out everything that you want to get done. And then it ends up getting so overwhelming that nothing gets done. So, so I like make a, a point to like, go outside, get some fresh air. Cause I think cabin fever also happens a lot, especially in the winter. So um, I find that's helpful and like trying to just make very simple to-do lists of like the top three things that you want to complete that day, even if they're not huge, uh, that can like help keep things going without getting overwhelmed. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for bringing up winter Anjali because seasonal, I don't want to, I don't want to label myself with seasonal dysfunctive disorder or anything like that. But just in general, I think everyone has a hard time with like the light patterns changing. And for me, that really impacts my productivity and it makes it really hard for me to do work. Like I'll be sitting in an area that's nice and bright and open. And like five minutes later, it's dark out and it's like six o'clock and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> I feel like I have nothing left in the tank now. It's almost bedtime. It's dark out. So that's a tricky, a tricky one for me. Yeah, it can be really difficult, especially in the winter part of the season. Um, I was sitting in my office earlier today and it was light. It was the normal light part of the day. And all of a sudden everything gets dark because the storm clouds came in and dumped a ton of rain. And that has such a huge impact on our emotions. I know Seasonal affective disorder affects a lot of us and it starts at this holiday time and that can really add to your anxiety and the need to get outside, get some fresh air, do some things to get some sunlight when you can to get those bright lights on. You know, the, the other thing that a lot of people talk about in terms of anxiety is that anxiety you get from not seeing your friends and classmates for a few weeks. Is that something any of you have experienced and, and how do you cope with that? I think that I've noticed that I'm a like a really social person. So it really hits me when I'm around people for such a long period of time and then I'm not. Um, 
especially like even beyond just like school breaks but like i've noticed that in the summer too like going from a year long of just spending time with these same people at the same days of the week and then being so far from them it's kind of like it's really high when you get to see them again but then it's really low because you feel very distant so it's like keeping that contact and keeping it like so you show that you care about them without like constantly overwhelming them with um messages and things but I found like FaceTiming them or setting up times to just spend time with your friends goes a long way. Yeah, no, I'm with Anjali on that because when I, I feel like whenever I'm actively on a break, it really feels like some much needed time. But that time where I'm like really focusing on myself can make me neglect some of my friendships. So for me, Honestly, that's one respect where I'm like so grateful for social media because I could just send my friends a quick snap of what I'm doing throughout the day. And that's just such an easy and quick way to like keep in touch and say I'm thinking of you without necessarily having to go too crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that just that keeping in touch is important. And I'm also a social person, but I also think that everyone needs some time to recharge. So, you know, everyone should give themselves some grace when they do need that time. Well, it's an interesting thing about, you know, as we as we start to get into this season and we start to get into everybody has this expectation that you're happy and joyous all the time. Is the holiday season always have to be? Do you have to be jolly? Do you have to be happy? What if you're not feeling it? What do you do if you're not feeling it? And what are your tips and tricks for how you get yourself back into it? Honestly, I I think for me, like the past few Christmases have almost been like ruined by the fact that I just didn't feel like it was Christmas. Like I was punishing myself for not feeling like it was Christmas to the extent that I couldn't feel like it was Christmas because now I'm all upset because I'm not feeling like it's the holidays like normal. So I think every year, just like removing all expectations, beginning of the season, I'm going to listen to my Christmas music whenever I drive anywhere. I'm going to make myself hot chocolate every single night. I'm going to do all of these things and I'm going to watch all my Christmas movies. And like, that is enough. I'm just going to, this year, I've decided already, it's going to be an amazing Christmas season. I'm just going to keep telling myself that whatever I'm able to do is enough. And the people around me are happy. And it's my job to help make everyone even more happy and joyful. Because that's what, that's what the holidays are about. The holidays aren't about all this pressure to be happy. They're about just like being happy and living in it. Yeah, Charlie, I totally agree with you 100%, exactly, word for word, and my brain. Like, I feel there's so much expectation, and just, especially because growing up now, you feel <clears throat> like you have to feel how you did when you were a kid, and obviously, you're older now, you're not going to, like, believe in Santa as much as you used to do before, and just, like, being able to really, like, now, I'm trying to do the exact same thing, I'm trying to, like, okay, get myself pumped up for Christmas, like, me and my best friend have this thing where we're, like, oh, the winter of, like, us, like, me, her name's, like, Deonza, so we're, like, you, like merge our names together and like oh the summer of adding Dion like the winter of adding Dionza and you have this like bucket list of like okay we're gonna go sledding on this day with our friends we're gonna go ice skating on this day and I feel like having something like that and having the schedule planning out what you like what you want to do really helps you get more into like the spirit and feel less down on yourself for not being able to like just naturally feel that way and like remove all those expectations yeah no actually like setting a schedule at first it sounds like kind of a buzzkill but for me, like having a schedule planned out and saying, this is my ice skating day and I don't care what you say is like so helpful because that like locks me in. If it's in the calendar, 
I mean, I who am I to refute the calendar, really? So I think that just like being um, intentional about making those plans really helps. But I am a little bit worried about Addison because she said she doesn't believe in Santa, which is a little weird, but we can move past that. I said, I agree with that. I agree with that. My elf on the shelf LP comes every single year and I'm, I'm ready. Um, but I know last year, especially like was a rough Christmas season. And, um, I remember like hearing like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And like, I was like, well, I don't feel like that right now. And so that was kind of hard, but like, especially if people are dealing with grief during that time or like missing out mm-hmm. on like being with a loved one, it can be a lot. So just remembering like that it's okay. We're all human, like to feel your feelings and you don't need to like force yourself to always be smiling because, um, that's not like an expectation that you have to live up to. That is so true. So as we start to wrap up our time here today, I'm hoping that each of you can share some advice that you would have for our audience on how you navigate the anticipation of the holidays. How do you get prepared? I love the idea of a schedule as much as it terrifies me. It does actually kind of terrify me. And, and uh, how, what can you do to really get yourself into that space where regardless of your holiday preferences, regardless of your belief system, religion, whatever it is, it's is the time of year when we kind of collectively as a culture take a beat and celebrate. How do you get prepared for that? Honestly, I would just say have more grace for yourself and not put too much expectations on what you should be feeling and, oh, I should be feeling this way because it's because the holiday, most wonderful time of the year, and just try to, like, take a step back and um, really, like, make it maybe make more of an, maybe not more of an effort, but, like, take some time and be like, oh, do some stuff to maybe help yourself get more into that spirit instead of forcing yourself and just be more, just honestly, just be more patient and lenient with yourself and how you're feeling. Just make sure that you're being intentional with all of your self-care, all of your planning. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of pressure placed around the holidays, but it's just a construct. It's just what us silly little humans made it um, like with everything else. So just don't let yourself get beat up over what's ultimately like two days of your life. At the end of the day, it's just a day it's just Christmas or it's just Thanksgiving. And there's the stress that might be associated with that is totally valid, but it's also just something to bear in mind that at the end of the day, you know, it'll go on. I think if it's something like holiday stress affects you, like I noticed that that affects me sometimes. So giving yourself time to even like before bed, like journal things, like actually be in touch with like how you're feeling. Um, But also another thing I love doing during the season is to like do service activities because it makes me like feel like volunteering or different things like that. It helps me feel like I'm giving back. And I feel like that's what the holidays are really about, like prioritizing your community and making sure everyone um, feels uplifted So that's something that I love to do to like make sure that I'm in touch with that. I'm so glad you brought up volunteering. I mean, that's such an important thing to do all times of year, but especially in the holidays when you can bring some of that. And, and I do have, I I lied. I have one last question for y'all. Okay. Do you have a go-to ugly sweater 
for the annual ugly sweater conference uh, contest. And what does that ugly sweater look like? I do. Um, I will never get rid of this sweater. It has, well, let me paint the picture for you. We're talking long sleeves, green, big llama with lots of um, little like puff, puffy things. And it says fa la la llama on it. Oh, and that's then, awesome. Yep. But that's not all. We have a big hood going on. Hood is shaped like a Christmas tree. So you, you, if you hold it up, you know, you got a big Christmas tree going on and it has a jingle bell at the end. Charlie, we're the, we're the same person. I have a llama sweater too. That is my go-to that also says fa la la llama, but it doesn't have a cool hood. It is like maroon and it has the puffs on it of different colors. And last year we had an ugly sweater day for school spirit. And I went all out because I have matching llama slippers and it was, it was such a vibe. You and I need to wear our llama sweaters and like eat some special cranberry sauce together. That's, that's our holiday activity. I've actually never owned an ugly sweater before. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys and get my own fa la la llama and we can all eat cranberries and grand, like grand, what's it, cranberry something. And you can, I can make some kind of cut it too and it'll be like a great, great like bonding for NSAC. Oh, I love this fa la la llama. You all are absolutely fantastic. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today on Talk To Me Well and sharing your advice on how we deal with our holiday stressors. If you are looking for support with your mental health, please check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work the number two, bewell.org. There's lots of great resources and and maybe just maybe we might have some pictures of those follow la llama sweaters go up on that website. I can, I can see it coming out along with some recipe challenges for cranberry sauce. So uh, I want to thank you. I am your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This is Talk To Be Well. Be well, everybody.